welcome again to another episode of Say Something Interesting, the podcast that comes at you from the beautiful, balmy Eastern Washington, East Lake Church in Tri-Cities. My name is Margo. Yeah, she's back, everybody. Margo's Woo! back from Pittsburgh. I thought maybe I'd get a phone call from her halfway through the trip being like, hey, man, uh, I've thought about things and we're doing a one-way trip. Would you please... Uh, Send my cat over. <laughs> <laughs> she please box him up and ship him and make sure to punch some holes in the box. I think it. I think Mother Nature oh, was cats. on your side. Sorry, yeah. plural, I forgot. Too. Mother Nature was on your side, I think, because it started at like 78 degrees. And then, I'm not joking, overnight, the next day it snowed. It was like in the low 30s. It's so terrible. I think Pittsburgh became Pittsburgh. And then we had paradise back here. It's been beautiful lately, everybody. Yeah. We love it. So it has. You went to Pittsburgh for a couple of days, had a good time. Got to show your uh, hubby some of your old haunts, yes, including your old church and uh, some a couple of eateries. You ate one, out once or twice. Is that what I heard? <laughs> uh, the poor guy. It was kind of like we're on the Hobbit diet of like breakfast, second breakfast, brunch, <laughs> lunch, eleven C's. Yeah, <laughs> supper, dinner. Exactly. <laughs> there is, in fact, like the last day because I'm like, man, this is our last chance. Yeah, this is this is the last chance, and I don't know, probably another couple of years to to. It, isn't it funny? Like whenever I take or whenever we do take people to new places, it is like food spots are like, hey, we we gotta go to. It's not like a lot of times like a music. Hey, have you ever seen an arch <laughs> that looks like this? Um, it's always like, oh man, they, these guys make the best paninis or the best whatever. Yeah. And uh, it is funny how you're, and it's sometimes it can be coffee or it can be. I think it's because that the other thing, but food is more of a guaranteed win. Like, sure. I know sometimes if you go to a play and then you're like, oh, guys, you got to go see it. Maybe the performance is off that night or maybe they're just not theater buffs like you. I yeah. feel like most people. We all share a common. We have to eat. To have live. an inner foodie and yeah. can appreciate good food. And restaurants are trained to, you know, reproduce the magic yeah. in a way that other elements you That's know, good. may not get. Yeah. But, yeah, we ate a bunch of things. I mean, some of the Pittsburgh highlights. The Pittsburgh's known for Primanis, which is not my favorite, but it's. Say it again. Primanis. Primanis, okay. It's an old sandwich place that's by like um, where all the docks, the shipping docks used to be. So the workers, steel workers and shipping workers on their breaks had like 20 minutes because, you know, before the union got their act together. So they would rush over and get food. And instead of getting on sides with the sandwich, they would serve coleslaw and f- fries. But instead of putting them on the side, they would put them on the sandwich. Because who has time? Ain't nobody got time. time for that. So that's like their... Claim to fame is this giant sandwich. I did see a in. photo of that on your Instagram, your foodie post. It's open 24 hours. So oh, after nice. after the airport, we drove up to get like the view of the Pittsburgh from Mount Washington. And yeah. then we drove into the city and ate sandwiches. Fun. Did you stay with friends or did you stay at a hotel we- or what did you do? <laughs> I feel so bad. So we made some friends. They're actually from the West Coast and they relocated to Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, but we're going to stay with them. They have this big old beautiful Victorian house that they're fixing up um, like 10 minutes outside of downtown. So we're staying with them, but I told them when we were coming in like January, and he was like, oh, yeah, and then they booked their vacation. Oh, they were gone? <laughs> so we were there. like We crossed paths. We pulled into the driveway. He was in his PJs, gave us like the lowdown. They had two dogs, so they just asked us to you know keep them alive and let them out. Yeah. And then we went to bed, and then they were off to the beach at 5 in the morning. Crazy. <laughs> so it was kind of like- You ask yourself, though. That's it was like nice. Airbnb. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> Shout That's out fantastic. to Megan and Mike. Thank you, yeah. guys. It was great. Thanks, guys, for making that trip yeah. that much cheaper. Yeah, it was mostly just food. Pierogies was another, like, Pittsburgh staple. Yeah. For, like, dumplings, I guess. Like, flat. Like, if you shrunk an empanada and made it into a dumpling, you stuff it with, like, cooked potatoes and cheese. It is 
Uh, Margo, it is eleven eighteen. <laughs> Sorry, this is like my and I, I my Monday morning started at like five because we have so his a metabolism group. is. Roaring. I am so hungry by like eleven thirty on Mondays. It's it's insane. Okay, well I will end with like the last my favorite place to eat is this okay. place called Gauchos. It's an Argentinian grill, so not like the all you can eat thing that yeah. you see everywhere. But everything's wood fire. Like you can look right into their kitchen, and it's just giant grills that take up the entire wall. And his grandma making like homemade bread in the corner. Yes. So all your veggies work every- it, grandma. <laughs> everything is fired on this, <laughs> like over the flames, and they have the best anything. Like I've everything I've gotten there is the best of whatever that is. And yeah. So we got they have a flight of steak. <laughs> Oh, you get to just taste each all yeah, different like kind of cuts. Yeah, like they have six different types of steaks. So yeah. I'm like, Matt was into that. We got to do it. Yeah, like, absolutely. I've I've never done it because it's like one of the more expensive things on the menu, but YOLO. So <laughs> we do. We did the flight of <laughs> but steak. Matt's paying tonight. So, <laughs> and then I got my favorite. It's this braised beef, braised rosemary beef sandwich. I don't, oh, it's you had me at rosemary. I and, love rosemary. And they have all these sauces that you can put on it, like this, like garlic, aioli, chimichurri. This is oh. gonna be the shortest podcast ever because I'm about to turn this thing off because <laughs> I gotta go. So if you guys are ever in the Berg and need food recommendations, I got about 20. We did get, here's the fun part. We did get tacos with some friends. And we're like, these are the best tacos, man. Uh Uh-oh. And we had some sticker shock because it was $4 a taco. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I was like, I'm missing my taco truck. I mean, the tacos were wonderful. They were like super unusual. They had like beef cheek and like all these fancy ones. But sometimes you just miss your dollar Come on. You need your Van Geese and $1 tacos on Wednesdays. El Pastor. El Pastor. I, For I life. But yeah, Berg was great. Good. Welcome back. Good to have you back. Mm-hmm. We uh, continued our week three uh, part of our guardrail series. We did a big, fun, awesome PG-13. We Actually, uh, we we're going to talk to Chris about maybe changing our intro music up. Um, your <laughs> idea to, uh, what was the song you wanted to do? <laughs> let's talk about sex. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about sex. one hit wonder. Yeah. Um, and then we just thought, nah. But... <laughs> But uh, a good talk on boundaries when it comes to our sexuality and and uh, fidelity in relationships and just lots of good stuff. There's a passage in First Corinthians chapter six that talks about fleeing from sexual immorality, and it's not a verse that uh, is is anything brand new. And we all know that uh, no one Christianity. Gets it. No one likes the bumper sticker with that or the tattoo. Oh, or yeah. it's no one's life first. C.S. Lewis calls it the least popular doctrine of Christianity. Is its take on sexual morality? Why? Because um, and, and I think a lot of times we kind of think, oh, our culture is more sexually immoral than it ever has been, right? But it just that's just not true. Yeah, I was gonna it's say. just not true. Um, it's, Romans it, and Greeks got, a, got yeah, into some wild stuff. Crazy. And, and the audience that, that Paul is writing to is living in a culture where, um, yeah, it's it's way different than, than what would be perceived here. It would be almost like a cult-like. You know, have you ever, like, watched a uh, a, a cult-like video or, or a documentary? We just we just watched this documentary on the Bhagwan Rajneesh in Central Oregon, um, this Indian guru that moved over, ran out of room, basically, in India, moved to America because of the constitutional freedom of worship and thought he could no get taxes. away with that thing. Moved to, yeah, took over this town of Antelope, Oregon, for, uh, population 40, and moved 10,000 of his followers in basically almost overnight. I mean, just crazy. And this picture of, um, like, these people in orange and maroon jumpsuits walking the streets. It looked like a walking dead. I mean, they had they have film footage because this was back only in, like, 83, 80, 81, 82, something like that. And so they have, like, literal 
actual film footage of these people walking the streets into Antelope, Oregon, into this commune. And you're like, dude, this is the creepiest thing ever. And then obviously it starts out of this. It starts out like all cults do as as some sort of a, uh, you know, enlightenment or the new man, right? A new way of thinking (laughs) through things. And we're going to let go of the capitalism that drives us to produce. And we're going to just be free and focused and, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then it eventually degenerates into um, power systems of, and, and sex gets involved and it just gets, it just gets all craziness. And, and so, uh, that, that probably more characterizes the culture that Paul is writing to in Corinth, um, than even, you know, what we would we have to keep in mind, like in that society, like prostitution or like sex slaves for lack of a better word, were like prevalent and common and accepted. Also things like consent were not like being taught. And, yeah. You know, so the just... message really is and, and something to think about in, in, in this message that I, I hope came across very clearly is what he's proposing is a a higher uh, self awareness of your sexuality, like a I'm I'm heightening the significance of and the special nature of what God has created you to be. Right. Like zoom out the camera lens so you can see the full picture here. I'm not. God is not up there like, I know this is going to be fun, so I want to just have them avoid any fun. Um, He's not like, I have a low tolerance for um, disobedience. It's, I don't want you to, uh, this gift that I've given you is so powerful. I don't want you to ruin it, you know? I feel like it's, people understand that when it comes to, like, their eating habits. Like, there was a point when there was ignorance, right, of like, ah, this isn't bad for me, or this is fine. And then there comes this knowledge when you finally understand, oh, hey. I shouldn't be drinking soda and having bacon on everything. And I know that everything I put in my body either helps it or hurts it. And we know that. And then we do what we want with that knowledge. But I feel like people do not approach sexuality with that same that same wisdom of yeah. I know that these actions that I'm making are may seem great in the moment, but have longer effects that I'm not going to enjoy. And I feel like people don't think about that. Like they just... Yeah, they they haven't pulled back the camera lens to see the bigger picture yet. And I think we don't take into consideration like how painful sometimes poor decision making when it comes to sexuality really is. Like we just assume that that's just a fact of life. Everybody's gonna get their heart broken. Everybody's gonna have a relationship that doesn't work out. Everybody's gonna get cheated on. Everybody's gonna have this, and it infiltrates so much. Like I I, I have been thinking about this topic for like you know the last six or seven days as we as I was doing the message prep for this. And then we just, we watch TV or we watch shows or we watch documentaries or something like that. And you see over and over again. And, and I hope that even this week, if you were able to listen to the message or, or even just this podcast, keep your, like your mind just gets attuned to something. Like when you buy a red car, like a certain oh, red car, and then all of a sudden you see red cars yeah. everywhere. Once you see um, the uh, the supremely negative effects, more so the exponentially worse uh, negative effects of uh, poor decisions when it comes to sexuality as opposed to poor decisions when it comes to financially or professionally or whatever. Though the impact that it has on you, wait till you notice it more coming out in the stories of the people you care about or just stories, things that you read or, or um, even in the news. Like, well, you know, this is this has got the history of this. And so, yeah. The, you know, Why does it always have scandal after? <laughs> because yeah. like, it's never a good thing. Right. Right. And I think like there's a reason why shows like Grey's Anatomy and all these other shows that have like this huge um, like history of probably poor sexual choices are always categorized as dramas because 
Mo people, mo drama. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so I, I made a comment. We talked about this off 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 air as we were kind of prepping for this message about um, how many times it in. I, I made a comment about how many times have you seen a love scene with a married couple, and you, you were trying to process through it and go, yeah, I just, I mean, it's really hard. And when then you brought up the, some really famous romantic like rom-com movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or not even comedy necessarily, but just like things that are like classic chick ones. Chick flicks. Yeah, chick flicks, where it's typically somebody cheating on somebody. Whether emotionally or like they've taken that. Dissatisfied with whatever current relationship they're in. And it's better over somewhere, you know, over here. So I'm going to go explore it. Over here, so you obviously just wrote you just you just lit up and wrote something <laughs> so down. I just so. like so thinking of some of the most popular like the the top movies that you're gonna whip out around Valentine's Day and force your significant other to watch or watch and right. eat your ice cream on the couch. Like the the ideal relationships at the end. Like oh, I wish I could find a man like so and so. Or so some of the ones that came to my mind that all include either physical or definitely like emotionally they are no longer invested in their partner. Uh, the Notebook. Yeah, because she's engaged she's to somebody else, right? Yeah, to someone else, and she sleeps. Uh, yeah. Sorry if that's a spoiler. But in the end, you're like, oh, they're the dream couple. Oh, I want yeah. someone to take. Um, oh my goodness. So that's that's one. Uh, some other ones are You Got Mail, which is my personal favorite rom com. But they are both in seriously committed relationships with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan yeah. when they are doing this whole thing. Actually, most Meg Ryan films, I was thinking about it like French Kiss. Uh, she's also like chasing after her fiance when she falls in love with this French guy. And then Sleepless in Seattle, she is engaged and she decides to fly across the country to try to stalk some guy that she heard on the radio once. Yeah. Come on. I know. Come on. And then um, what are some other ones? Yeah, while you said while you were sleeping. Which is my wife's like go-to. And oh. it's not, re- I mean, obviously, right? She's just working at a toll booth. Uh, and then this guy hurts himself and he's in a coma. And and she is in, supposedly engaged him. It's a made-up story. But it's the same type thing. It's like the drama light because she. you could say, well, she's not really engaged to him. But that's yeah, the whole reason that it's a story. That's like, the premise. That's the conflict and the climax of the story. All these so. people think I'm engaged to this guy, but I'm developing feelings for someone else. Yeah. And what are the consequences so, of that? Real life story. Let's take this out of... Uh, let's take this out of the uh, Hollywood kind of realm and into real life. Kyle and I went to college. Uh, I was there for one year by myself. We were there together for a year. And then I graduated, came back to the Tri-Cities, worked for my dad. She had one more year left on school. We were going to get uh, married after she graduated. So I proposed in December and then went back home. And we uh, our, our wedding was going to be in June. She's graduated in May. In between that period, between December and June, and she might... I don't know. She might not like the fact that I'm telling this story, but that's okay, babe. Um, <laughs> I love you. Um, and it was had nothing to do with you. It was uh, another guy, uh, not really a friend of mine, like kind of a friend of mine, but like friend of a friend, kind of, lived in the dorm, the apartments up at the uh, place, showed up at her apartment um, with a, let's see, a rose and a Cinnabon while she was engaged to me, Margot, and I am 250 Ooh, miles away. How convenient. 
Oh my word. So she called me immediately and was like, hey, I don't know what sparked this. I don't know. And it was obviously this guy up at like two in the morning with his buddies, probably finishing up a movie, just like what you saw. I mean, like, hey, engaged ain't married. Do, I gotta engaged make my move. married. This is my last chance. And while that wife's cute. So obviously, you know, this is gonna be. Like all these movies are so like Maid of Honor. Yeah. They, they're all coming to my head now. Dude, I, oh, totally. There's I, no like, respect for the ring. And I, I'm three hours away in the car going, I'll be there in two and a half hours, right? I'm. <laughs> I don't remember what we what I did, but I remember calling the guy up afterwards, and being like, "Bro, bro, back off!" And he's like, "Hey, man, it's just you know, I know you're engaged, and I, I respect the relationship." I just I'm had like, to be truthful. Obviously, to you it. don't. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, you don't. So, anyways, like, oh, this is round circle because the first time I preached, I spewed my hatred for the movie Love Actually. There's oh, yeah. that scene. Oh, what's the girl in Pirates of the Caribbean? Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley, where she's married, and her husband's like best friend is has. Like, had a crush on her this whole time, but has not spoken up, like, even pre-engagement, so boo on him. Yeah. So, after they're married- You had your shot. You had your shot. He comes to her door, and then, like, has all those flashcards. All the signs. I just need you to know that I- Why? Like, what good is that gonna do? And and they they do it in such a way that you're supposed to be cheering for this guy, right? No! In the name of love. (laughs) And if if you don't, then you hate love. No, (laughs) I don't. I don't. I just have respect. For their relationship, yeah. you know, if they are broken up, then go ahead, but don't, don't be that person because right. you don't want there to be that person in your that relationship. That was uh, that was the guardrail number one for single people uh, yeah. yesterday. Was hey, all of these rules that I just applied because the, the, the point be of the yesterday, other man or the other woman. Yeah, the point of yesterday um, was not so much like, uh, although it could be and probably has been in the past. Um, sexual immorality, have sexual boundaries when it comes to dating and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that that is very applicable for those who are single or, or divorced and looking to be remarried and all that, all that kind of thing. But the the a huge part of yesterday's message was, listen, if you are in a long-term committed relationship, like you've got to be so careful. You, you get so creative on um, things that aren't quite cheating, like nobody would say that's cheating, but emotionally it sort of is, or emotionally it's 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 that first step towards that, and, and one thing could lead to another, and could lead to another, and you don't think it will, because you don't want to throw your marriage away, and you don't want to mess up your life, and you don't want to have you know to your kids on just on every other weekend or you know whatever that looks like, and so uh, and, and so it's it's all about like calling. I, my goal yesterday was to try and call it out on a few different ways, like. You're, this is how you think. This is how you're operating. And if, if I pointed it out to you, you could defend it and justify it till you're blue in the face. Mm-hmm. And you could talk about how, but nothing actually happened, but nothing actually happened, but nothing has actually happened, which is a common <laughs> argument, but only reveals that you know that something is not quite right. Now, it's not enough to like go through the process of and It doesn't have the consequences of actually doing it. I agree. But let's not act like it's completely innocent either, right? Yeah, I find one of the biggest, and you addressed it, one of the biggest trip-ups for people that kind of starts a slippery slope is I feel like everyone, if they're being honest with themselves, appreciates validation from the opposite sex. 
Like that's why people, you know, people that are on like those. I appreciate dating... that, Margo. Thank you for that. <laughs> Validate. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. So, but you know that there's people that stay on dating sites, like even when they're like in a relationship, because they enjoy getting the little like flirty messages or people hearting their profile. Like there's people like social media. They post selfies. Totally. Hoping that people of the opposite sex will like and affirm, or oh, you have such a pretty smile, or Ooh, oh, I like your. Yeah, here's people... my workout video. Watch me work out. I'm and like... what what happens is oh. you. <laughs> Either your relationship is like you got in a fight or you're going through a rough patch or he hasn't paid the attention to you that you want or, you know, she's not fulfilling these needs that you have in your opinion. And you'll reach out or you'll start these conversations with people of the opposite sex to try to get. And it's may it may not be like a sexual validation or, hey, you look nice, but even just having like, oh, let's just talk about our movie because I know we both love this and we both have all these inside jokes and you're getting this emotional fulfillment from this person that you are not getting from your spouse in the moment. And that's, that's dangerous. (laughs) Like you need to call it out for what it is saying. I'm not like my spouse isn't making me over the moon stars happy right now. So I'm going to go have a conversation with someone that is going to make me happy. And Mm -hmm. like, once you like zoom out and you're like, Holy crap, this is not good. Then you need to, you know, check yourself. <laughs> yeah. Have those conversations with people that, you know, you would never flirt with, like and, a female friend. And or... it comes down to communication. <laughs> it comes down to, you know, your spouse sees it, your significant other sees it, your partner sees it. They 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 know and and you can have genuine conversations with them. And Kylie will do this with, with me sometimes. Like I, I just I need validation from you right now. I want it from you. I don't want to go, I won't, and I don't want to go searching for it elsewhere. So I need you to speak up more. I need you to tell me that that you appreciate me as, as a partner, as a as a wife, as a mom to your kids, you know, mm-hmm. all that. Um, and she's like, I, it feels it feels like I'm asking you for it and I don't want to ask you for it. So yeah. I'm asking you, but I'm not asking you, right? So <laughs> I'm like, and I always know, I'm like, I, I need to do better at that. I need to do better at that because read- I don't want her to go searching elsewhere for exactly. it. And like, that's going to be your natural. Even if it's family members, even yeah. if it's like a safe, like I just, uh, then I'll go get validation female from my friends parents being like, oh, or my best friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, I, it's not, that's not how it should work. Is she, if... If we are in that type of relationship where um, we're in a long-term committed relationship, that I'm supposed to be the primary source for that. And that's not that she can't take encouragement and validation from other people, but it should be out of an abundance of what Mm -hmm. she's already receiving from me. Have you read the book Cherished? I'm trying to think. I'm like reading through it right now, and it's like it fits so well with this week. So he talks about in your marriage vows you vow to like love and cherish the other person and love makes sense because we can look at you know corinthians like love is patient love is kind but cherish is what we struggle with and he talks about that he says psychologically that they've traced it in couples that successful couples successful marriages are have a 90 percent response rate to what he calls bids which he says in all your conversations with your spouse you throw out bids which are like for instance if you are reading this article you would say to Kylie, like, hey, babe, did you see what the Mariners did with blah, 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 blah. That for you is a bid. You aren't really necessarily looking for her to give this long, engaged response, but you're saying, hey, this is something I'm interested in. Are you, like, when we throw out bids, we're asking the other person without saying it, like, do you care about what I care about? Mm -hmm. And in turn, like, what that comes down to is, do you cherish me? So when I ask Matt questions about stuff that may not be Matt's favorite, it's really me being like, I just want to know that you you care about what I care about and you're interested. Like you're going to turn your attention, you're turn your eyes away from what you're doing 
make eye contact with me and have a moment of connection, even if it's short. And so he talks about the most successful relationships are ones where 90% of the bids that their spouse throws out get attention. And so to me, that's like, that's what leads to us wanting to stray and seek attention elsewhere is because, well, he doesn't care. Like when I say, oh, hey, babe, look at look at that sunset or look at this post that my friend just posted yeah. or when we say stuff like that and the other person's like, hmm, or they don't make eye contact or things like that, then the bid's not being picked up. And so we will look elsewhere. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, 90% kind of is a big number for yes, sure. Yes, it is. It's a hard. Because your 10% is going to be like, I'm really tired right now <laughs> and I do not want to talk about that. Well, they, they even talked about... um parents instilling that in their children like when mom comes into the room and the kids are all watching tv or and mom asks them a question like the dad would turn off the tv and say if you're not gonna like turn your eyes and respond to your mom right away then like your mom's not going to be invisible in her own house and that's what happens when our bids get ignored is we feel invisible in our own relationships Mm. so it just he stresses the importance of like eye contact and completely turning our attention when our partner throws out these bid, bids. And he's like, it's cultivating. You have to constantly <laughs> be aware that it's going on. But it's a great book if you guys are looking for maybe some good resources for dating or marriage. Yeah, because it's always easier to, like, I don't know, just be together and doing something and mm-hmm. feeling like that's meeting that need. Like, we'll watch a movie together or a show together, and that's our time together and thinking that now I'm meeting those needs. And obviously, that's not fully. <laughs> the The bid was, you know, are it's you, time. which it's one do you want to watch? quality Yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's definitely That's why they say, like, statistically, going to the movies as a date is, like, one of the worst dates in terms of, like, trying to actually connect with someone because you're just sitting in the dark and you're not supposed to talk and yeah. make eye contact. And... Yeah. Is Matt a movie talker? No, no, he's good. Is he? Well, he doesn't like going to the movies, so I don't have much to, to base it. Okay. We've gone to one movie together. What? He doesn't like going to the movies. Is he going to come on Wednesday night? Me. We're doing a staff one Wednesday I'm, night. I'm trying. I'm yeah. trying hard. We're going to go see A Quiet Place together. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going. <laughs> G- good. Bring him. I want to see I him squeal. I hear it's scary, so I'm super pumped. Good stuff. Um, anything else that you wanted to? to I, I'm good, but we can move on to kind of our something interesting at this point. Yeah, uh, but if you guys are if you guys are listening and you always want resources and stuff, where me and Brent are not trained relationship coaches, and we are still getting plenty of things wrong and working through it, but we both know <laughs> Kylie can vouch for that, <laughs> and Matt can vouch for that yeah, as well. Yeah. So uh, we are obviously when we say this, we're not speaking as ex- experts, but we are more than willing to point you in some good directions. If you guys want to, you know, put some more groundwork and love on your relationships, we'd love to cheer you guys on in that. So feel free to grab us in the lobby, drop us an email. We'd love to cheer you guys on because yeah. relationships are tough and guardrails are important. They are. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so right now we usually transition to something that we found interesting something we read watched or experienced in life and uh something we just feel like we just want to tell the world about it a little bit be kind of evangelist for this little thing um so <laughs> margo gonna you... come off weird with mine oh is it all right you go first how about that okay so um i was doing some research on this guy named brazzo it's spelled b-r-a-c-o brazzo and he is from croatia and he is a sight healer. Okay. So what this man does, this is his, his shtick. I'm intrigued. Is he rents out conference halls all across the world. I mean, this guy is booked out 
he is he has a following of hundreds of thousands of people. He will walk into a room, stand on a little box, so he has a little bit more leverage on the stage. Is he a short man? I don't, I don't think he's a tall man, but okay. he's not a short man. He stands on like a little box, and he gazes, and that's he doesn't say a word. He just and people pay lots of money to come. Well, here's the thing. Here's upon. here's what like challenges my skepticism is he doesn't he doesn't rip people off to be gazed at. In fact, he does live streaming of his gazes for free. The next one, if you're interested, is May 22nd. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> what color are his eyes? Have you seen him? Brown. Oh, really? Yes. I, like a, I thought like a deep, like no, gray, kind of no, like, like, you know, those people have like super unique eyes. And you're like, wow. It is- he is a very, like he has a very unique, like soft, comforting face. Yeah. Like, I get it to some extent, but people will travel all all over the world because they say that gazing at his eyes for these 10 minutes because it's a 10-minute session. They've been like healed of cancer. Oh, and people wow. will bring like photographs of loved ones and they'll say, like, I brought the photograph of my grandma and now she was able to get out of her wheelchair or my pet didn't need to be put down. And I mean, he has, but his, his thing is that he doesn't promise anything. He's like, I'm not saying that anything's going to happen from this. The only, the only like caveats is if you buy a ticket, they say that you do have to be 18 or older. Sure. And then that 17 year olds can't handle that, <laughs> that glare. And that you cannot be pregnant beyond the first trimester. <laughs> Which I'm like, you might go into labor. Not, I'm like, this is not a hot tub. Like, what, <laughs> what, what is this? But he's so fascinating. So. He only accepts flowers as payments unless he's booked in a conference space in which he usually charges $8 to cover the cost of transportation and renting out the room, which is pretty reasonable. Yeah. Uh, He does sell, like, accessories and gift packs, like blessed jewelry that is, like, $300. Oh, my goodness. uh, So one of my favorite things, facts about this Brazzo, is that he was trained under another sight healer, faith healer guy called Ivica. Avicii? I-V-I-C-A. Avicii? I thought it was the DJ who just died. No, no. (laughs) This guy was older than him because that's why he was like the mentor. Uh, And apparently this guy, his mentor, said that he came upon his powers because he was playing in a stream one day and a piece of the sun pierced his leg, and I'm quoting, went into his groin and caused pain. Mm. Like, that's the only explanation. (laughs) I was like, okay, so now you have healing powers? But to to counteract the pain of a piece of the sun being inside of him, he always had to wear like two grams of solid gold jewelry at all times, apparently counteracted it. And one day, Brazzo and Avicia were at a beach in South Africa. And Avicia, for the first time in known history, they were alone. So this is all we, this is the only words that we got. Brazzo said he, for some reason, took off his special protecting gold jewelry and his socks, and then a rogue wave swept him away, and he was killed. Oh, my goodness. I was like, with all this gold jewelry, conveniently <laughs> behind, but Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. exactly, right? <laughs> and now it's for sale. But You that- find the most esoteric things, Margo. You, you work... <laughs> Three times as hard at finding something interesting as I do, but just like, so you know. It's it's crazy the amount of people, like, and some of them are doctors and psychologists and, like, well-educated people that just love him. So, I mean, May 22nd, check it out for yourself. I on cannot the wait to live stream. Or just Google it. You can kind of see some yeah. short clips. Yeah. Get your gaze on. Fun. Awesome. 
Uh, okay, so mine this week is my wife and I are doing like this 12-week challenge. Every week we're doing something or not doing something. Um, so last week was uh, water only or things you can make directly from water, so tea and coffee but not lattes, that kind of thing. Uh, this week is a documentary every night. Um, we, I like documentaries a lot. We just don't get in that mood. And there's been a few that have been kind of piling up. Everybody goes, everybody watches documentary and thinks it's like, oh, the best thing ever. You should definitely watch this one. Right. Or, um, this is like, a good, and so my, unfortunately my thing for you is documentary that I think you should watch cause it's really, really good. Eric's probably already watched this. He already knows about all of this, but there's a, uh, a restaurant in Chicago that opened up in 2012 called Grace. They made a documentary about the chef. His name is Curtis Duffy, who left a two-star Michelin restaurant to go with his friend, who is the GM of the new one, start this new restaurant. And the the so the documentary is called For Grace. It's on Netflix, and uh, it's a great story. It's kind of like. It's kind of like, you know, you watching somebody who has a dream of doing something and they're taking this old building and basically going down to bare bones, designing it the way that they would want to design it. He's a very artistic chef, as you can, I mean, like, you know, super fine dining. We're talking like the place that he left was like $200 a plate and the place that he's building is like that same kind of range. So places that you and I will probably never visit, but. Um, for the grace of God. (laughs) But yeah, but super creative, fun to watch. Like you watch it and you think that looks really good. I think I'd still be hungry because that doesn't look like very much food. <laughs> That's what you think. But then it's probably like 12 courses or, you know, 10 or whatever. Anyways, so the story is really cool. And it goes into kind of like his background and how um, when he was growing up, um, he took a, a home ec class um, because it was the only thing that fit his schedule at, at one point. And then it, be, it became an elective as he kind of got older and he continued to take home ec and had a home ec teacher who like really opened him up and was like, this isn't just for girls. Like you can be a really good chef and do all this kind of stuff. And and so when he opened his restaurant for the very first time in, uh, in I think it was uh, December of 2012, he brought his his home ec teacher Aww. from eighth grade. And it's like this really emotional thing because she gets like a front row seat in front of the glass and they, they go through like, uh, they're doing like a pre-dinner prep thing where they talk about, they literally talk about every table coming in. Hey, tonight we got a two-top. Uh, he's a U.S. senator. He's gonna he's got his uh, wife with them and they, they both like this and they both like this. So make sure you do this. Then they go through every single person and they get to her and he's like, this is Spunnery. He's really special to me. Uh, champagne service, no check. I take it. You know, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a really cool story of the restaurant and uh um just kind of fun a good way to if you're like a foodie kind of person i think you'd like it it talks about the chef life and the difficulties of trying to raise a family and be a good you know husband and and dad the restaurant business is 24 7 brutal man they're getting off at like 2 45 in the morning every morning and then waking up going to the gym and then back you know i mean it's just like you know when do you have a life and and you're working weekends and nights all the time because that's when your market is and that makes sense i get it um, so that's kind of a mess. He's got a backstory. His, um, I don't want to like ruin the story for you, but his family history stuff, um, is, is crazy. Um, so anyways, a pretty fun, good little documentary. It's about an hour, hour and 15 minutes long. Unfortunately, the follow-up story to it is the restaurant recently closed, not for lack of a business. It opened in 2012 and the owner was a real estate mogul and he didn't actually, this Curtis Duffy guy didn't actually own the restaurant. He was an employee for it and was trying to buy it because it was so successful. They got a three-star rating from Michelin, which is the highest you can get. And there's only 14 of them in the United States and they happen to be one of them. And then all of a sudden he quit one night after this and so did the GM. 
and all, all of a sudden the restaurant is now permanently closed. Because Kylie and I were like, we've never been to Chicago. We should plan a trip to Chicago and go check out this restaurant and save up some money and just be stupid one night and go, you know, <laughs> do this. And uh, and then it was like, oh, man, permanently closed. And I thought it was because of bad business, but it's not. And, and uh, so anyways, he's trying to figure out what he wants to do next. But fun, fun uh, story. So if you have some time, check it out. It's a good one. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for this. Uh, we are, we've are we got two weeks left of our guardrail series. Hopefully you can join us. I'm doing one more, and then Margo's on the docket. So lots of fun stuff ahead. Um, we are still doing our nights service, so come check us out at nights if the daytime stuff, daytime options aren't working for you. Or, man, 930 was just crazy packed, so it, if you're looking for a seat that has maybe a little bit more legroom. Or um, if you just want to be outside in the sun all day, then absolutely. come after. Yeah, it's coming, it's coming to that season where that's just way more appealing, I'm sure, for some people, or getting to be more appealing. So pretty excited about that. But um, that's it. Other than that, uh, NFL drafts this weekend. I know you are lining up for that. She's, she's NHL hockey playoffs. Ah, how did you had your pins do the other night? They are in the second round. Yeah, good. Yeah. So they beat them, huh? Yep. Oh, nice. Go nice. Pins go. Go pins go. Uh, that'll do it for us. You can find me on social media at Brent Johnson J O H and S E N. You can find Margot at Adventures and Caffeine on the We'd Instagrams. Love to connect with you. Give us an update on something that you found interesting. And help Give us out. a list of documentaries to check out. Please do. Yeah, load me up. You guys are so educated on this stuff. Uh, but uh, anyways, good. Have a great week, guys. See you.